Hello and welcome to Cage Club. Two fans, 90 movies, one cage. This is episode 95, Teen Titans Go to the Movies from 2018. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. With us today to talk about this very special occasion, the movie in which Nicolas Cage finally... Finally. Play Superman. Yeah. We have Lindsay Gibb. Hello, Lindsay. Hi. Welcome. This is exciting that we all know the the long and tortured history of Cage almost as Superman. <laughs> yeah. Going back as far as the late nineties, where he was cast as Superman and Superman Lives, then that movie died. Then they made the movie The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened, the documentary which Mike and I covered on this podcast. And then the director of that passed away. What? Oh, no. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like a cursed project. That's too bad. Sorry to be a downer with that info there at the top no. of the show. But yeah. yeah. I mean, this movie that's like bright colors and fun and beautiful art well, style, and Mike's just leading things no, off with, uh, <laughs> that guy died. Well, but the rest of this is going to be a super happy, fun, go-go episode. I can feel it. You know, Lindsay, we were talking before you came on here that Mike and I, this was not the movie at all that I expected. I didn't know anything about Teen Titans Go. I ex- sort of expected to, like, begrudgingly watch this movie just waiting for Cage to show up and being <laughs> it is in a way in the art style of and in a lot of ways like Powerpuff Girls but yeah. and it's you know something that I liked a long long time ago but I was worried that I wasn't going to enjoy this for this but like this movie's super fun it's kind of like a Lego movie-ish in a way in terms of the humor I think I don't know that it's necessarily great but it's a super it's super fun it's super meta there's so many in-jokes that I just love and I really really enjoy this movie yeah I I thought it reminded me of classic cartoons just in the sense that it's clearly fun for kids, but it's also super funny for adults. But yeah, it's it's looks like Powerpuff Girls and like, I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was really cute and fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was a big fan of the first Teen Titans cartoon that went for a while. It had a different art style to it. It was much more like a comic book like you know their anatomy was more realistic uh, and then when it switched over to this style I, I didn't watch this but I've seen a few episodes because my nephew loves this show it's like right up his alley I was still surprised by this movie like they really did something here that I wasn't expecting by going for like a full-on movie parody kind of thing like they really just take the piss out of dc you know like yeah. they really go at themselves yeah. in this and i really applaud them for that i don't know it kind of felt like bat like lego batman movie to me but less frantic less add if you can imagine <laughs> like lego, yeah. lego batman's even more hype than this and it also kind of reminded me a little bit of like what deadpool's doing in his movies the way that he's you know making fun of the genre Wait, you mean deadpool you mean slade what are you talking about? <laughs> slade did come first his name is in fact Deathstroke. They never say it in the movie, but in the comics, he was Deathstroke the Terminator, Slade Wilson. Is Deathstroke? Deathstroke's in Justice League, right? Or no? Yes, so at the very end of Justice League, in the uh, tag after the credits, Deathstroke appears on Lex Luthor's yacht, and he takes his helmet off, and he's played by Joe Mangiello, and um, everyone applaud, and most of the people are just like, huh? But yeah, yeah, so he actually showed up in the DC universe. What I like about this movie is that they do, you know, to use your phrase, take the piss of DC, but they also sort of take down, it feels like, the entire superhero movie industry, because they're like, totally. yeah. the, the, the joke of this is like, oh, we don't have enough superhero movies, like, let's make a movie that everybody's gonna watch, and like, everybody already watches all of them. Mm-hmm. But it's done in a way that, like, like this wouldn't be made if it was really anti-comic book. Like, it's made in a way that, mm-hmm. like, it comes from a place of love, but is also like, 
yeah, like we get it. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah, I love that. That it's not mean and it's like really sincere, right? And it's like finding a way to still be positive throughout the whole thing and make like really obscure jokes about their own sort of universe and stuff. And like that's the joke that no one really gets these characters. That t- you know what I'm saying? Like the joke is we have like too many characters. <laughs> like no one knows who these guys are. Mm-hmm. I think that was a really smart way to go especially in this climate you know it just i was instantly on board with the with the comedy of it because like they were parody they were talking so much about superhero movies in general they were showing the previews for the next superhero movies and they were like next summer next next summer next 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 (laughs) summer and stuff and then they're saying like you know we've run out of people so we're doing Batman's utility belt <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gets yeah. his own movie. It's so funny. Joey, I think we're, we would finally uh, be getting our Alfred movie that I think we talked <laughs> a little bit about during we did. Cinemakers. Yes. The, and mm-hmm. there's actually going to be an Alfred TV show. So Is like, it really? Yeah, so it's even funnier. (laughs) (laughs) It's predicting. You know, like you were saying, it's not anti-superhero because they do try to kind of get rid of all the superheroes the Teen Titans do so that they can get a movie so that they're the only superheroes. But then right away they're like, oh, the world went to hell because we did that. So let's put them all back, which is kind of like, I don't know, there's a few really dark moments in this and like that is Mm -hmm. one of them when they're like putting the world or when they're like destroying all the superheroes and then putting it back like they drown Aquaman they push Batman's parents (laughs) down an alley so that they can be shot and like you totally see them (laughs) like a big blast happens when they're shoved down the alley like Robin does that (laughs) yeah he's like go down this way there's a handful of things in this movie like that where I was like this has got to be rated PG-13 right and like it's no it's rated PG like this is for kids right this isn't for like teenagers this is for kids kids remember to ask your parents where babies come from which is the last last line of the movie (laughs) well okay if it was PG, it wasn't G, at least. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's, you know, I'm not as in tune with kids programming as I was when I was watching it for myself. I see, you know, Disney movies and Pixar movies and stuff like that, but I guess things are just a little bit edgier now. Like, I don't think it's like yeah. it's crazy, but it, there is, there's hints at violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also wonder if that's the kind of thing where it's like kids are just going to sort of get a gist of what's going on, but it's going to be like a joke for parents. You know, I mean, I don't know. Right. Maybe it's that kind of thing that's always sort of been around in kids' movies to entertain the whole family in some way. Yeah, Yeah. well, I was even a little surprised, like, I mean, I I should have expected it, but, like, when when they're actually fighting and not, like, rap battling and stuff like that, you know, like, when they get hit and and beaten up, I'm like, actually, whoa, like, it feels, like, heavy. Like, it feels like an impact moment for me where, like... A kid would go like, oh, pay closer. Like, this isn't a joke part. Like, it's gotten serious or something. But then it's able to just bounce back because it keeps volleying jokes at you, you know? The sort right. of, so, like, those moments mm-hmm. are in there. But I feel like they're able to get away with those darker moments because, A, there's not a lot of them. And, B, there's just so much on the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. While that's going on, maybe a little kid is thinking of a previous joke or something like that. So Sure. Yeah, it kind, kind of happens <laughs> quickly. But, like, when they're beating up Slade's, the actor who's playing Slade, like, there's close-ups on them beating him up, and it's almost like Ren and Stimpy, like, the really gross close-ups of things. Yeah, he just lays there all bruised. Like, he, it doesn't disappear like it does in a lot of, like, cartoons. A joke that had extra weight and consequence to us, because we did a whole podcast about him, and they beat up Shia LaBeouf, who, like, is playing yeah. Slade in the movie. Yeah. That kind of feels like the one cheap shot, but only because I'm such a Shia fanatic, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, the joke there is that, like, 
Shia deserves to get beaten up, right? Like, that's the whole, mm-hmm. like, he's, man, like, it's just, it's it's weird, like, because kids don't know who Shia LaBeouf is. Like, what? No. Like, it's, right. this is such a, a weird kind of irreverent branch of comedy that, like we've been saying, you know, at times family friendly and also the opposite. Like, it's just, I don't know how to classify this other than, I don't know how much I would like it the second time around, but I was caught off guard by how much I enjoyed it this time. Well, I watched it twice, and I mean, I will admit, I fast-forwarded through it the second time just so that I could watch the <laughs> Nicolas Cage parts to refresh my memory. But I th- I still, like, enjoyed it the second time around. I actually look forward to watching this again, maybe watching it with my nephew, but mm. um, I don't know, like, it, it really, like, grabbed me from the beginning, I guess. Like, yeah. it's just not... I really liked what it was going for with the parody and being so self-referential. And I also really liked how it would, like, switch up its styles throughout too and sort of make fun of other animation like there's that really great lion king dream that robin has and and that's totally just making fun of disney for owning all the marvel stuff and there's some great moments like the krypton rave is really fun and stuff so obviously we're gonna get the cage like he is the highlight here but i was uh pleasantly surprised i mean i I was a huge and still i mean not as much but like growing up i was a huge comic fan so like you know i think that has a lot to do with it too if you if you just know if you could pick out all these like characters in the background and be like, wow, Swamp Thing, and he's there, they're there, you know? like I, That's a lot of fun, too. So it just really kept me at attention. And even Stan Lee shows up, and this is a DC movie. like so, <laughs> It's his so first weird. DC cameo, apparently. Yeah? This is, there yeah, he's go. never been in a DC movie before, but at the but, end, he's like, I don't care, I just love cameos. Yeah, exactly. And then says his Excelsior line. <laughs> right. <laughs> before we go further, I want to mention, Mike, you just reminded me that we had we do a new podcast on the network here. It's our first comic book podcast. So if you like the X-Men universe, go check out X is for Podcast. That's uh, Nico of Now and Again, who's not been on Cage Club yet. But if you're coming to this for, you know, the Teen Titans world or the comic book world or Superman or whatever, we've got a bi-weekly podcast that alternates with Winona Forever. So every other Wednesday, go check out X is for Podcast, the X-Men experience, where they go through the classic comics, old to new. So go check that out. That's sort of like, I think, a this is our most like natural plug, I think, Mike, that yeah, we've ever had on the show. Really, that really fit nice and smooth there. You know what I really love? My first note of this is, you know, because Cage is, I think, my third note. I just have written down all, all capital letters. Cage, Cage, Cage. <laughs> um, my first note is they do the Marvel opening, but it's just a oh, bird yeah. flipping through a comic book. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's... That's kind of incredible. Yeah, that that's another thing that got me like going, wait, what is going on here? How is this happening? Like, where did they get the permission to do this? Like, what was the summit like where they're like, <laughs> you know, I imagine it was much like when Who Framed Roger Rabbit was being made and Disney and Warner was like, okay, you know, I'll give you this much time of Daffy Duck if you give me this much time of Donald Duck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> didn't that have to be like, I wonder, I, I looked on IMDb, there was nothing listed like this, but I, re- I remember hearing for Roger Rabbit, there was like the exact screen time in seconds has to be equal between like character X and character Y oh, or whatever. Like, uh, Mickey and Bugs, yeah. When so they're in the same scene with the same amount of dialogue, basically doing the same thing, like falling from the sky together. <laughs> if this movie opens in the same way, caught me off guard of Lego Batman, where like they're just making fun of the open, like you know, Will Arnett oh, also in this yeah. movie, both movies, is just making fun of the comic book movie, the superhero movie, and it's like, oh, like well, that's not what I thought this was at all. It goes even further where the very opening is a rip on the new DCU opening where they have all the heroes standing in line, and they do that here, but they're cartoon versions of themselves. Yeah. So I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I really wasn't prepared for that. No, it's it's super cool. Like I just then I see cool. like a walking boombox come out of a store in the opening shot. I'm like, what is this world? Like <laughs> I've not been keeping up with Teen Titans. I don't know if I. I think I probably knew it was a thing, but it was never a thing that I was like, oh, I should watch that right. until this movie was announced, and I was like, oh, cool. Like Cage is gonna be a Superman. Maybe I should check that out. Still haven't. But Tara Strong, who's, you know, one of the biggest voice actors in the world, if not the biggest, mm-hmm. she said that the success of this movie could bring back the original series, apparently. Like, if, if this movie was huge and there's, like, an appetite for it, that this could bring it back. So I guess it might be kind of like a cult favorite. But, Mike, you were saying that you've seen it, and it's not like this in tone at all? No, no. And, in fact, there's a post or mid-credit moment where you see the actual older version of the Teen Titans and they say right. something like, we found a way back, like we're coming back or something. And that's what they look like on the old show. So yeah, it's like a whole different style. I don't know anything about the new stuff because when I watched the old show, uh, it was actually kind of cool. Like when Teen Titans ended, it, it got huge. There's like the Teen Titans East and West. And then there's a show Young Justice, which was really great. And that's the show that I heard was coming back. Okay. Um, like it's been away for almost 10 years I think and huh. people are just like loved and it's a great show too but they just loved the way uh, they interpreted the sidekicks basically that's what Teen Titans started as just like all the sidekicks got together as a team but here the only real sidekick is Robin everyone else comes from either another team or their own sort of universe or planet or what have you I guess they're just like teen superheroes like there's Robin as the star mm-hmm. and there's Cyborg Booyah that's his catchphrase on the <laughs> oh, show okay. he says Booyah a lot <laughs> and then there's three others that I don't know yeah. Should I know? Well, Beast Boy, you might want to know. He's pretty great. He comes from a team called the Doom Patrol, and they're actually getting a show, a live-action show. I'm, and Teen Titans are getting a live-action show also. I think you could watch it now streaming on the WB. Oh, that's the one that says Fuck Batman, right? Yeah, that's what okay. ba- yeah, Robin says that. And, cool. And, but, but Beast Boy's there. Raven and Starfire are also on that show. Yeah, I know about them as much as, you know, they tell you in here like starfire's a princess from another planet that came to earth raven is an interdimensional daughter of a demon that's been trying to take over our world for some time and she's here to try and stop that you mean when they tell you who these characters are in their rap about this is who we are the teen titans right (laughs) exactly that's all i really know and then they just go deeper into that each episode. The thrust of this movie is that Robin just wants his own movie. They sort of ultimately betray him into helping steal a crystal, which we'll talk about later. But their idols, the real heroes of this world, the actual Justice League, come down. We've got Nicolas Cage as Superman, of course. We've got Halsey, the singer, as Wonder Woman. And we've got Lil Yachty, the rapper, as Green Lantern. But we don't talk about the Green Lantern movie, which I thought was like, <laughs> oh my god, like that is funny, yeah. really funny. <laughs> that seems like DC saying like we really need a course correction with our brand here. Like we have to let the public know that we're not always going to be so dark and depressing, and you know that whole thing. And like this, you know, with their upcoming like, if you've seen just like the poster for Aquaman or a screenshot of Shazam, you can see instantly like it's a you know they're working on a full 180 from Man of Steel and. Batman versus Superman. Well, because, like, I think we've probably talked about it probably on Cage Liberty Revisited, because I feel like we talk about anything but the movies that we're watching, <laughs> and usually just talk about comic books on there. I love the Marvel characters now because the movies are so good and so fun, but, like, 
the coolest characters are all DC. Like, there should be no reason why there's bad Batman or bad Superman movies. Like, I agree. They're the best characters. Like, they should, they have the best villains. I mean, at least Batman has the best villains. Like, there's no reason why people should, like, not like those movies. But, like, movies like this, like the trailer for Shazam, which is, like, my favorite thing that DC has made live action since Wonder Woman, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. they are fixing it. There is a lot to enjoy here. I mean, Lego Batman is great. Like, DC has the properties, has the the ability to hire the right people. Maybe adding James Gunn for Suicide Squad 2 is going to make that movie great. I don't know. But it feels like they're they're making the right moves. It's just the fact that, like, their core of their universe is rotten. It's just the stuff that's on mm-hmm. the periphery is all is all good stuff. I don't know. No, I totally agree. I think, you know, my favorite superhero for the past while has been The Flash. Like, I watched that show kind of religiously. And well, that I movie, I don't know if you heard, great. just got delayed till 2021. And that, I feel like that's a huge mistake. Like he is, he could have been in one film, sort of like the full course correction with his persona versus the universe that they put him in. Like he's very bright and poppy, and then that world is so dark and grimy. Like I feel like that really could have used him to help turn that around a lot. But I still feel like parents taking their kids to see this movie that have seen DC movies we're talking about, Suicide Squad, and all those things. Like if they watch this, I think it might turn them around like it's definitely making me say i'm going to give them another shot with this second wave of of films that they're coming out with next year because i mean for crying out loud there's a poster in this of the superman movie and superman has a mustache like like, you know like what is going how many times do i have to say this what is happening in this movie like what is going on here (laughs) oh man and that you know the whole Mission Impossible mustache gate is just incredible. Like, it's just so good. I, I don't need to hear any more stories about how Henry Cavill doesn't want to do any more DC movies, but let's keep talking about his mustache. Like, absolutely, let's bring it on. Let's talk about it some more. He should get his own movie. The Superman mustache movie. I mean, next, next summer, Superman's mustache. But in this movie, the Superman, of course, that we're here to talk about is Nicolas Cage. And one of the first things he says, if not the first thing, is... It's important to have dreams, I guess. And I wrote down, like dreaming to be Superman? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I wrote down almost every line of his, and that is the first one that I wrote down. Like you guys are goofsters? Yes. Yes. I mean, that is obviously a prime line, like goofsters. (laughs) You guys are goofsters. When he said this, I pictured him doing it in live action, and and it would have worked so well. He flies away, and he goes... Ta-ta. Anyway, we got to get going. Ta-ta. Yes. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Those were the best lines of that opening part were the goofsters and the (laughs) ta-ta. And then the goofsters comes around at the end again. He's like, you know, I guess you weren't such goofsters after all. And I, you know, I I can't believe it took us 90 movies for Nicolas Cage to say the the word goofsters, but we got it twice. Made up for lost time, I guess. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Did you guys know that his son, Kal-El, plays young Bruce Wayne? I did. Oh, cool. I did know that. He's yeah. got one line, Very like, thanks, neat. Mom and Dad, for bringing me to the movies or whatever. And then In that's this when dangerous they, neighborhood. <laughs> yes. They lead him down this, the, the, the happy sunshine path or whatever. Right. But yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. There's one part where they take out Superman and Robin yells, no, he's a national treasure. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. Amazing. So this is a movie in which they save that Robin's goal is to undo all the superheroes, that he's the only one, right. because Kristen Bell, who plays Jade Wilson, who is actually Slade in disguise, and they call Slade Deadpool, Deadpool Wade Wilson. There's a whole, there's a whole name thing going on here. But Kristen Bell says... I'll only think about making a movie for you if you're the only superhero left. And so he undoes all the superheroes and they save Krypton by basically turning him into a rave yeah. in which baby Kal-El twerks. 
Like, I was like, what? With, with a naked oh, diaperless right. butt. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Robin, in Robin's song, he wants to twerk in 3D, right? Like, yeah, put his little like, button on the butt waving on the screen. Yeah. Very modern. <laughs> it's still primarily for kids, right? I mean, that balloon creature they're fighting in the opening, there's like, I have to give them some points. It's a very tactful fart joke that they pulled off in that opening sequence because he is a balloon butt. That lasts for like five minutes. It deflates for a really long time. They kind of pulled a Mission Impossible Rogue Nation with a trailer for this, I think, because from what I saw of the trailers, I try to avoid trailers, but this is like, I think this movie was announced before they announced Cage was Superman, I think. I remember there being a period of time where this was announced, and then they're like, oh, Cage is to be Superman in that movie. And I think I had seen the trailer for this, and like the trailer for this is the opening scene, like that opening fight against the balloon boss. I think it was kind of interesting that like they don't really spoil, I mean, they might have done it in later trailers, or maybe even on the same trailer, I don't know. Again, not the best demographic for this because I don't watch trailers, but I like that they did the Rogue Nation thing of like, you know that scene in the trailer where Tom Cruise is hanging off an airplane? Like, that's how this movie opens. You know what I mean? Because this is like this big Mm -hmm. spectacle, this big battle, and they're like, oh yeah, cool, like that's how we start. We're not going to spoil the rest of the movie for you. It's cool. I like when they have like this whole like big thing that they start with and like that's how they sell the movie too. Like, I think that's a cool idea to get people in the door, get them familiar with something they sort of kind of know, but also not ruin what you're gonna be doing later yeah if that makes sense that makes sense because i mean you could sell this movie just like you know with the cameos alone like you could put stan lee in the trailer you could put you know all the different heroes or whoever yeah or the story you know like that's another thing too like i had no idea about this whole thing where like robin wants his own movie and it was also movie centric and about super like it was a parody like i missed all of that from the trailers i did see too so i'm glad like most of that was kept under wraps and at its core like i kind of think there's this really cool idea like them searching for an arch villain like I kind of like that concept like I watch a lot of Venture Brothers and that there's a whole thing about arching your you know your nemesis and that it's like most of the shows it's sort of the existential crisis of being a supervillain and like never being able to like capture your the hero and stuff but like I really like that concept here where it's like everyone does have their rogues gallery and their and their number one villain out of all of them and stuff and and I also kind of like the idea that this this whole team there's like five of them have one arch villain you know like they as a team equal sort of like one superhero like i thought that was kind of a interesting thing too that's the shit that they get in this movie right like that they're not Mm -hmm. important enough to have their own movie or their own villain or whatever that it's just they're just these sort of cast off sidekicks nobody wants to see a movie about a sidekick we'd rather see (laughs) alfred the movie who's the ultimate crime fighter or batmobile the movie or utility belt the movie you put things in it what I like is also the, the you know the line I think we we mentioned it briefly before the Lion King thing where Batman sort of unveils Robin to the world and they're like who cares he's a sidekick and like poor Robin cast aside basically from birth like no we don't care about him it's just Batman that we care about it kind of gives you this like weird sense of empathy for like I never really thought about people hating Robin but like I guess people do yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if people hate him, but I feel like different iterations of Robin haven't been as interesting. And he can't be as interesting as Batman. I mean, it's nearly impossible. 
Yeah, I think that's a major part of it, too, is that he has to live up to Batman. And, you know, you look at Aqualad, he's basically got the same powers as Aquaman. And, you know, you look at Kid Flash, and he's as fast as the Flash. You know, like, Speedy is just like Green Arrow. Like, they're all very much like um, sort of like a mirror image of their sidekicks and stuff. But Robin is kind of unique in that way in that he just seems like he shouldn't... He just doesn't aesthetically... It doesn't seem like he should go with Batman all the time, especially modern Batman when he's so such a loner and so dark mm-hmm. but you know I always liked him as a, as a character and stuff but I just thought that that was a good kind of neuroses for him to have even if it's sure. not true he just feels useless because he's a sidekick and like right. you know what's he going to do really what's the point he can't survive on his own he has to form a team I yeah. could see him having like a crisis about that a crisis on infinite earths <laughs> One day. You know what I realized about this movie only literally 46 minutes in is that this universe is a universe in which superheroes are superheroes, but also play themselves in movies. Yeah. Or, you know, like it's, or I guess maybe they don't play themselves. Like if Shia LaBeouf is playing Slade, maybe people are playing Superman and Batman, but it doesn't feel like that way. It feels like, it didn't seem like it. It feels like they're all doing double duty. Like they're just walking around in the WB back lot, like waiting to shoot. And I was like, that's so weird. Here's a follow-up question. Whether or not it's the actual superhero in the movie are the movies they're making documentaries (laughs) or or reenactments reenactments maybe yeah i wonder how false they are but yes it seems like the superheroes play themselves but the villains are played by actors so they can beat them up and not feel bad about it i guess well also they're not going to cooperate right also yeah. that yes yeah. okay <laughs> they won't cooperate with the movie they'll just try and steal something or blow something up that is a quandary if if the actual superhero or if the act like that would be like what if arnold schwarzenegger played himself in a biopic right right like, yeah what, what is that what yeah. do you call it we're weird i'm sure it's been done yeah i mean people play themselves usually in cameos but like bruce campbell probably has done something like that right <laughs> yeah i mean i don't Possibly. The movie that we see them filming is Batman vs. Superman Part 2, where <laughs> they bond over sharing the same mother, but different father names. No, um, diff- same father name, different mother names, wasn't it? They're both Martha. Because that's the whole thing yeah, right, in right, 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 right. Dawn of Justice, is that they, they bond over being, you know, both being sons to Martha. Which, I again, can I just applaud, I mean, way to go, <laughs> DC, for recognizing how ridiculous that was. I mean, I really, like, I am turning around right now in my seat. That's how much you're turning me around on on this DC universe here. But Because, you know, that goes a long way to say, like, we know we screwed up or, like, hey, like, this wasn't the best idea, you know, and all that. Like, it it helps that we know that they know that. Otherwise, they're just going to go about their business. As a viewer, I appreciate it, you know, as someone, like, that makes me feel like they're trying to please us instead of themselves or apologize or just acknowledge that they're not always perfect yeah like has marvel made jokes about the bad hulk movies or no so okay it's kind of funny that this i can only think of one instance where something like this might have come up in the marvel universe and that's when they replaced Rhodey in iron man 2 okay. and it's like a courtroom scene and don Cheadle enters from 
from like a reverse shot so you can't tell it's him but then he sort of turns around in profile and Iron Man says or Tony Stark says something to him and he's like hey like took you long enough and Don Cheadle's like yeah I'm here now like let's forget about it don't mention it never talk about it let's get on with it he has like a you know what I'm saying so it's sort of like right. a wink to the audience saying like we understand we replaced this actor gotcha. like let's never mention it again <laughs> I guess they do have far fewer misses than DC has you know in terms of mm-hmm. proportion in terms of like and I think they owned them more from the beginning too right like with yeah. Thor and stuff and other things that didn't work quite right they've been good at acknowledging that early and saying like we need to turn this around quick right like why Ragnarok exists at all like because the first yeah. one was like not in tone at all and the second one was you know why they consider one of the worst ones they just have yeah. the outright goofiest and most fun you know main Avenger movie it's, it's it's more in line with Guardians than anything else, just because they're like, we need yeah. to fix this franchise in a way. Totes. You know what I like about this movie a lot, in terms of referencing other movies, is that it seems like they're referencing the movie Rad, which I feel like we've talked about a handful of times for, like, <laughs> organic reasons since I saw that a couple months ago. Because they BMX bike through time. Yes, yeah, and they're trying to do that. <laughs> and then also in that, they're, you know, referencing Back to the Future, obviously, but they go from the Back to the Future theme to Take On Me by AHA. Like, uh-huh. I was like, I was like, this is like the best music transition I've ever heard in anything ever. Like, that's, yeah. that's incredible. I did enjoy the Huey Lewis. So this movie was also a secret musical. Like, yeah. I didn't expect that to happen either. I'm sure glad it did. Yeah, you get Michael Bolton. <laughs> oh, yeah, who he, gets run over. Yeah, so that was another dark moment where they <laughs> ran over the tiger and then get out of the car and they're like, oh, my God, he's dead. And then they just run away. That tiger, though, that sh- I laughed so hard. <laughs> oh, man, I was eight again. <laughs> I don't know this, but when they run over tiger, Robin makes a noise that sounds similar to his trademark, yeah, or something. I don't know oh, enough about Michael what- was his catchphrase again? It was incredible. He like jumps down and he's like, hey, and then he goes like, Ka-ka! or something. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. It's not even a word. It just like screams a noise or something. As they're going to make the rob, or they're trying to get into the studio, I think. They're trying to get in there and they find out the Doomsday device, which is like a streaming device. Maybe the best scene in terms of what we saw is when they call Superman to prank him. They're in like this, basically a series of pranks in this movie. And they call Superman to prank him with his greatest weakness. Lois is being harassed by Gene Hackman's real estate scheme. (laughs) Oh, they got that good food in there, yo. But how can we get past the Superman? We can exploit his number one weakness. Hello? Superman, it's me, your girlfriend, (laughs) Lois Lane. Well, hello, Lois. How are you, my sweet little dewdrop? <laughs> How am I? I'm terrible. You gotta save me from Gene Hackman's real estate scheme. Ah! Oh, my goodness, no. That that sounds terrible. Oh, you better hurry, fool, or no more smoochy smoochies. Mwah. I'm coming, Lois. I'm coming, Lois. The only thing that, like, could be better is if they reference, like, Superman 3. Right? Oh, if Richard Pryor or something? Like, oh, yeah. no, like, you know, Richard Pryor's, like, doing things on computers, but, like, I guess if, <laughs> if I guess they're also smart enough in this in this very nerdy way, they're smart enough to know that Lois isn't in Superman 3, really, like, she's oh, only the beginning and the yeah. end, so you can't really have a, a Lois joke about Superman 3 unless it's, like, I'm leaving the movie or whatever, but I feel like, you know, everybody knows Gene Hackman, but they don't call him Lex Luthor, they call him Gene Hackman. Like, it's <laughs> great. 
I wonder if they had to, if he needed to sign off on that. Because, I mean, he's retired. He hasn't made a movie in quite some time, if I could remember. So, you know, if they needed no, to reach out and he gave the parody permission. or whatever, I think you can just sort of. Oh, right. As we know, yeah. Yeah, parody laws are super thin, right? Exactly. <laughs> that prank call to Superman is also one of the great Nicolas Cage moments in this because he calls her my sweet little dewdrop. Yes. <laughs> And then yes. when, she, I don't know, one of them says into the phone, like, you better come or you won't get any, like, kissy kissy. Or I forget exactly what they said. He, like, hangs up the phone and does it, like, scared, like, prance in one spot. Like, what am I going to do? And then he takes off. <laughs> yeah. And I just felt like I could see Nicolas Cage doing that, like, scared dance. Yeah. <laughs> so I wondered, like, in my mind, he did it while he was recording The Voice, and then they animated it in. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Lindsay, I don't know if you've seen the YouTube video, but when we talked about the Croods, there is a video of, that we've also talked about more recently, too. There's mm-hmm. a video of him recording his audio for that movie, and, like, he is going all out in the yes. recording. Like, he is yeah. acting. He's, like, not just, like, doing voice. Voice actors, like, are incredible and i i've ever seen video footage of like john dimaggio or tara strong or whoever like acting in the booth like i don't know what they look like but i feel like just based on what we've seen from that clip that that's not how everybody does it and i feel like right. if, you know cage mm-hmm. might be like you're saying you know actually doing that like sort of like nervous like <laughs> should i stay or should i go yeah like oh we need to change the scene or whatever or yeah, whatever to accommodate that little acting choice i remember when i watched astro boy for this there was a special feature on the dvd that showed like you know interviews and showed people doing the acting and like they only interviewed nicholas cage they didn't show any of huh. his acting oh. and i was very disappointed because i would have loved to have seen what he did well speaking of astro boy kristen bell back from astro boy so this is a mm-hmm. reunion a mm-hmm. voice reunion of him and kristen bell so there we go nice. Um, and then they also have the kryptonite party, I think they call it, where they right. like blend up kryptonite and just dump it on him, and he his eyes bug out, and he just sort of collapses on the floor. <laughs> Mike, I don't know if you made uh, note of this. I wrote this down, but when they do Robin up to make him the star of this movie, like they give him the big mm-hmm. hands, which mm-hmm. I don't know if the big I, hands I, thing is like a Trump thing, or if it's no, just like... No, so on the show, Robin's baby hands are like a running gag. Like, they all make fun of him for his tiny baby hands. Okay. So that's from the actual show. I figured that could be the case, but also, like, Always Sunny, like, Charlie's Uncle Jack has, like, really small hands, too. Like, it just, I mm-hmm. guess it's just, like, a weird, funny, like, phobia or just thing to make fun of or just, you know, a masculine yeah. trait. I don't, I don't know. But when they put the hands on there and they sort of put that, like, adult makeup on and put mm-hmm. the wig on, mm-hmm. did he remind you of anyone? Yes, he did. Oh, hi. Oh, hi, baby face. Oh, hi, Robin. I wrote it's down me. that he looks <laughs> exactly like Tommy Wiseau as yeah. Robin. I, I don't know if that's intentional. I don't know if that's just because I don't we've been know. thinking about him nonstop for years. but Because it looks super weird compared to anything. I mean, and that's compared to the any other type of stylized drawing in this movie. Like, that looks yeah. super weird and specific. So, to me, I, I definitely felt I think they're going for it. Yeah. I enjoyed when the rest of the Teen Titans made the movie for Robin that he didn't end up watching all of. I loved the animation on that because it was all like felt characters and stop motion and they used actual baby doll hands when they brought the hands up. Oh my gosh. So I was like, I want to watch that movie. You know what that reminded me of is Be Kind Rewind where they sort of like sweeted the Robin Mm -hmm. movie kind Mm -hmm. of. I think I said that in the theater to Matt (laughs) when we were watching. Yeah. I mean, this whole movie is clearly made with so much heart but that's like heart within heart it's the love of the characters that the creators of this loved 
Yeah. Yes. And this movie is written and directed by two guys. One overlaps. There's one guy who wrote and directed, then another person he directed with, another person he wrote with. I looked on IMDb to have like 11 writers. I was like, Jesus Christ. But they're all just like the cre- like character created by or whatever. I thought this movie would have come out of the actual show writer's room or something like that. So that's that, the thing. Yeah. I mean? So like one of the guys who directed it, I think the guy who directed and wrote it or whatever, like one directed like 87 episodes or something. Like, they are from this universe. Okay. Like, they know these characters. They know the world. So. I think one of the directors did like basically this and Mad TV in terms of directing. Like it's just the same sort okay. of. That makes you know, sense. Like, yeah. And the only other thing that I have written down in terms of notes about the movie is that when they are being chased by all the mind-controlled characters and Batman is in the Batmobile, which they blow up, becomes the Bat Razor Scooter, which then they blow up and becomes the Bat Skates which they blow up and then it just becomes him being carried by Alfred running down the street. Like, it's like, oh, he really does have something for everything or whatever. So like, I just, yeah. I love, I love There's that. There's no stopping the Batman. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Mike, when you said he's not called Deathstroke, apparently they decided a long time ago that Deathstroke was just too evil of a name for a kid's movie. And so they were just never going to call him Deathstroke. Apparently yeah. in other movies, he's never, he hasn't been called Deathstroke no. either just because it's, it's too gritty reboot DCEU for this movie <laughs> otherwise. Interesting. Well, even going way back into the show that I watched, he was always Slade, uh, Slade Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think they even called him Deathstroke back then. Even though they called Deadpool Deadpool, I think, feel like there's still a distance between saying dead and death you know yeah. like there's still like something lighter about deadpool than deathstroke like there's yep. just a different implication i feel interesting and you know what kind of bugged me a little bit is that i'm pretty sure his character does have a daughter so like it would have been really cool if it was like a father daughter team up situation and that he wasn't just dressed up as his daughter wearing like a helmet under a mask and that whole joke and everything but that was Slade? just the one thing yeah that's okay. Slade. because i know on the show he had like a protege called Terra, who had, like, earthquake powers and stuff, but I don't know if it was his, like, birth daughter, but, like, he is known to sort of have, like, a female accomplice from time to time, so I just thought, like, when the reveal was he was her, I was like, ah. Because there was a whole cool thing with, like, women directors, you know, that was a whole commentary. Right. I I was just sort of hoping, and I guess it's not, you know, substantiated by anything, was that it was sort of like a Halloween 3 situation where we actually had the regular, we had an actual woman for most of the movie and then she just replaced by a robot. Spoilers for Halloween 3. That maybe, you know, he maybe actually could have seen that daughter. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, let's talk about Jor-El. The IMDb says it's based on Marlon Brando in the original yes. Superman. Mm-hmm. But uh-huh. it, it basically just feels like an Italian dude. Well, that's... Marlon Brando. Yeah. Like, he was basically doing the Godfather in Superman. He's like, my son, come <laughs> Here we go, Joey. More impressions. There we go. I'm, the I'm not pulling this one. Take the crystals. Leave the cannolis. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's apparently the guy, I was looking, he's like this very prolific voice actor. There was a guy on uh, Pinky and the Brain who did an amazing Orson Welles. Uh, oh, he's he was on, I was Maurice there too. LaMarche or something? I'm not yeah. sure if his Yeah, Phil Lamar. Phil Lamar? I always get those two confused. There's I Phil think. Lamar and Maurice LaMarche, I think. Because he he also did the voice of Orson Welles in Ed Wood. No, it is it is it is then... Maurice LaMarche. Okay, okay. So here's why I'm confused. They were both on I Was There Too. Mm-hmm. Phil Lamar was in Pulp Fiction, though. Maurice LaMarche was in something yeah. else. Uh, but they yeah. also talked about Pinky and the Brain. Yes. Okay. The guy who plays Jorel is Fred Tatashiori. T-A-T-A-S-C-I-O-R-E. But he's played on Family Guy, American Dad, Cleveland Show. He plays many characters on Troll Hunters. He's voiced Hulk and Bruce Banner. Oh, that's kind of cool that he did uh, Marvel voices. Beast, Thing, and Crossbones in many movies. 
So he's okay. been all over the place. I mean, you know, voice actors, when you look on their IMDb, he's got 701 credits. Like, he's just Woo. done yeah. everything. I've seen one or two interviews with, like, uh, in behind the scenes sometimes when you watch, like, the Futurama DVDs or whatever and stuff. And, like, <laughs> you get the sense that it's sort of, like, a very close-knit community of voiceover actors. Like, everyone seems to kind of know each other because they all sort of work together from time to time because there's just so much, like, animation to voice and yep. so many projects to do and everyone can do multiple voices. So it's kind of cool that they all, like, it's a big community of voice actors. Well, you know, as we're recording this, uh, there's been news pretty much every day about Red Dead Redemption 2, the new Rockstar game that's coming out in the next couple of weeks or the month or something. And that game had 700 voice actors. Whoa. And none of them are big names. Like, they're just, they're, it's a, it's a, it's a technical community, but there's also just, like, hundreds or thousands who are like very good at what they do you know what i mean so yeah i wonder if there's a difference between like people who do video games and people who do animation and i think there's crossover i think i'm sure you get sort of pigeonholed into one or the other but i know that there is for sure crossover because that one guy got famous for doing solid snakes voice for all those years (laughs) and then he got replaced or something and there was some kind of outrage i don't know i kind of dropped off after metal gear solid too well there's also i mean if this is sort of getting way off actually it's actually kind of bringing us back on track like if you look at like you know Arkham City or whatever, right? Where you have like these mm. huge voice actors like yeah, Mark Hamill. Troy Baker and Mark Hamill, you know, like like Troy yeah, Baker has right. been in a bunch of things over. like he's video games and also not video games and I think if, if you have a good voice you can find work. Is uh I didn't play through those Arkham games yet. Is Slade in those games? I don't think so from what I remember. Because okay. I feel like now in DCU, like in the Justice League, they're the plan was to make him a Batman villain, which just doesn't seem appropriate. Like, I'm surprised. I hope he shows up on the Teen Titans show. The villains, like, there's a lot of Joker. There's a lot of Scarecrow. I don't right. remember exactly. There's also rumors that the next game that company is going to make is going to be a Justice League game of some kind. So maybe Slater or Deathstroke will show up in that. I don't know. But that probably wouldn't happen for a couple years anyway. But Lindsay, do you have any other thoughts about Teen Titans Go to the movies? I know this is a movie that you were really excited to talk about for this. You basically, as soon as they announced it, you, you asked, you messaged us and said it. If you could be on here. Do you have any other notes or anything else? Any other great lines that we missed that you wrote down? One great line is uh, one of his last lines. So when Robin's movie is being premiered, which is like when they all get sort of taken over by the doomsday machine. But just before that, they say that Robin's not there because he has explosive diarrhea. And so then Superman (laughs) says, wow, fighting through explosive diarrhea. What a champ, because he does show up and start fighting. (laughs) I enjoyed that line. Speaking of Superman in the theater, we did not mention that he freezes Green Lantern with his freeze breath yes. just so he can steal a hot dog from hot him and eat the hot dog. It's a hot dog. I feel like because there's a couple of scenes in that theater, it's very clear that Superman is the like main character of interest besides the Teen Titans. Yes. For the movie, yeah. not yeah. just not just for us. Because like anytime a group says something together, like you can hear his voice ahead of everything else and like when they're all laughing at him because he thinks there's going to be a movie about him but it's about the utility belt superman yells something about like he thought it was about him he's just a sidekick and then (laughs) you can hear his laughter and it's a great laugh it's like ha 
ha, 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 ha. Like, it's like such a like weird fake laugh. Anyways, it's amazing. But you could tell that's Nicolas Cage. So there's actually sort of a surprising, you know, on that note, there's like a surprisingly little amount of Batman, I feel like, in this movie. Yeah. I don't think he speaks, right? No, he does. They speak He's, in the, oh. they speak in the, in when they're making the movie. The movie, yeah. I, oh, right, right. Because I thought the joke, uh, That's. I think those are his only lines. Because Will Arnett mm-hmm. is voicing Slade and right. Will Arnett did Lego Batman. So I thought the whole joke was Batman doesn't talk because the voice actor's busy doing another character. No, but did you catch who Batman was? No, I didn't catch. Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> really? That's yeah. super random. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's some weird... I mean, like I was saying, you know, Wonder Woman is played by a singer. Green Lantern is played by a rapper. You know, Superman's played by Nicolas Cage. That's the reference. You know, it's Cage on purpose. Yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the voice that jumped out to me was Adam. He's the one who keeps getting stepped on and stuff. And it was like right away he said like, I'm Adam or something and got stepped on. And I'm like, that was Patton Oswalt. But he barely said anything, and I could just. Tell. Uh, well, that, when he has that great line where he like laughs, he's like, "Ha!" He thinks the movie's about him or whatever. When yeah, it, in, yeah, the, in yeah. the theater, yeah. Mike, I'm just gonna say, you know, go out, go out back and grab some of that Star Wars juice, right? <laughs> oh, right, right. Our favorite Patton moment from Watch the Throne. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lindsay, any other notes about this movie or no? Other than what, what we, I guess, have all sort of decided was that like we came to it for Cage, but it was actually an entertaining movie. Yeah, this is a movie that, as we record this, is out on demand, but I believe is coming out to DVD and Blu-ray by the end of the month, I think. Like, it's coming very oh, soon. Oh, yeah. The same day as Mandy, it gets released on really? the Really? Ah, like th- what a on nice the 30th in array. America. Yeah. <laughs> so you get the whole, yeah. you know, Rain. wide <laughs> spectrum. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we also mentioned it, but, like, I, I also wanted to make sure we call attention to, like, this movie looks beautiful. Like, it is gorgeously animated. Like, it is just these bright, vivid, popping colors. Like, I just can't get enough. Like, this is a great... I love this art style. Yeah. I feel like this is kind of, st- I mean, I don't know. I'm not an art critic or anything, but I feel like the, this is such like pop art. I feel like Andy Warhol would totally approve of these types of like the way that these characters, just such a minimalist style to it. I really love that about it. So just, yeah, real pop art, real cool and kills in HD for sure. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. Uh, Mike, any other thoughts about Teen Titans go to the movies? I'm just glad I lived to see Nick Cage as Superman in any no. incarnation in some form or manner. And, and this is great. This is great. Like, I, uh, you know, we love when he does voiceover work. And yeah. this was just perfect. You know, it's it's funny. Like, I, I could picture him doing what he's doing in this movie in live action when he's like concerned about Lois like Lois and you know like those inflections and stuff I'm picturing them you know as Cage in live action and I just still feel like it would have been so great it would have worked but this is this is wonderful you know I think Lindsay said it perfectly like you know we came for the cage but we <laughs> were we were really glad with everything else that we saw too like this was a really fun movie unexpectedly really good time so yeah check it out there is a little bit of not really news i don't want to say since we last recorded but it looks like there's a strong possibility that this will not be the final cage club movie that we released this year it seems like we'll be able to watch and record between worlds which is floating around the internet in you know, we'll call the Mike. Mike refers to it as like the dark corners of the web. Mm-hmm. That there is apparently like an Australian Blu-ray release or something that's online. I don't know why or how. There's no news at all about when it'll be out on demand or on in theaters or anything. Like it just it premiered at Fantastic Fest. There's some leak of it, you know, from Australia. Our goal is to always <laughs> wait until it is 
available to the public to watch. Like, like what, what movie was it? Humanity Bureau. Sat on the shelf for like a year. It was England, I think, right? Like there was, it was out in the UK, like legally mm-hmm. for forever, but it was yeah. not out in America for until eight or nine or ten months later. On that episode, whenever it is, we will be joined by our Scottish Cage friends, Megan and Sean, who love never been on an episode with us before, but love Cage the way that all three of us love Cage. They've seen the movie. We, I don't think Mike and Mike and I have not. Nope. Nope. The goal is to fingers crossed. Hope it comes out on DVD this year. But even if it doesn't, we might have to cave and, you know, go above the law, if you will, and watch that movie, because we've done so many Cage movies this year, I want to do another one. Yeah, I think this is number six or something like that. Let's find out. You know, he's going to be voicing Spider-Man Noir, but I mean, that's coming out in theaters, I think, November, December. That won't be out in time this year for us to review for it coming out uh, on the home market or dvd or streaming or anything like that so like yeah i'd love to get another one in under our belt before january 1st for sure yeah so this year we recorded mom and dad which i saw last year but we would officially came out this year looking glass the humanity bureau 211 mandy teen titans go to the movies is five mandy is five this is six between worlds would be seven which is just wow mind-boggling Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> are megan and sean the people that put on the nicholas cage festival in they Scotland? do the cinerama the cage yeah. yes yeah, absolutely yeah. in glasgow yeah so cool. they are you know super cool you know i haven't talked to them I, I i'm just i'm looking forward to hearing their uh scottish brogues if you will yeah <laughs> mike and i talk to them on facebook every once in a while but they are super excited they both loved between worlds which is not getting the best reviews i just hope it's fun and that we're able to appreciate it you know they both love it but i just hope that we you know we mm-hmm. find something good but either way it's a seventh nicholas cage movie this year so it's what's not... the harm in that yeah epic we don't have the email today but if you want to send a note you know we'll be recording between worlds sometime this year we also record cage club revisited every two weeks but mike and i have an email address here mailbag at cageclub.me you can send in notes we'll read them on air even if you don't want to read it on air if you just want to say hi or whatever we've we've had a handful of really cool people really interesting people you know send us stuff tell us about stuff so just say hi mailbag at cageclub.me that seems like about it any other thoughts mike or are we good to close up shop yeah i'm good to go ta-ta ta-ta well for all things cage club and all things nicholas cage you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cage club or at cage club pod on twitter and instagram oh we're also on spotify now uh so go listen to this you can listen on itunes or google play or stitcher or spotify all of our shows all 20 of our shows are there stay tuned to cageclub.me because in about two weeks Mike and I are going to be announcing the next shows that we're doing, that we're following up Charlize Theron with. Also, either now or very, very soon, you can go to cageclub.me and vote on the Watch the Throne Awards. If you want to vote often. Even if you haven't seen all the Charlize Theron movies, if you want to vote in a poll, we did the Cage Club Awards, the Golden Peaches for this. We're doing the Chrome Teeth for Charlize Theron. Go vote Best and the worst of Charlie Theron. You know, I don't know if you've listened. I don't know if people. I don't know how our, how the people who listen to these, if they cross over or not. But I know that even if I didn't listen to a show, I like voting on things. So go to cageclub.me, <laughs> poke around, vote on the Watch the Throne Awards, and then send an email to mailbag at cageclub.me and just say hi. And we'll be back every two weeks for Cageclub Revisited. The next one coming out will be Season of the Witch, which Mike and I already recorded. And then we'll be back later this year for Between Worlds at some point. So we'll be back. Lots of us. Lots of things to check out at cageclub.me, including 
Lindsay's podcast, Winona Forever. Gotta get that plug in. Yeah. Under the wire. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manti. And that was Lindsay Gibb of the Winona Forever podcast and author of National Treasure Nicholas Cage, a book you should all buy. And we'll see you next time for Between Worlds, probably, unless there's some kind of secret release. Who knows? Right here on Cage Club. Anyway, we gotta get going. Ta-ta!